Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. Have you ever considered becoming a foster carer? Would you know how to go about becoming one? and what is involved. Dudley Fostering are looking for more fosterers to take on the responsibility of looking after local children. And as I said earlier on, it's a very, very rewarding and worthwhile thing to do. And to tell us more about being a foster carer are Lee Sultan and Dawn Campbell from Fostering in Dudley. And they join me in the studio now. Good evening, both. Hi. Good evening. Thank you for joining me. Um, First of all, tell me a little bit about Fostering in Dudley and how this works. Uh, first of all, fostering in Dudley, it's open to everybody. It, um, same-sex marriages, single parents, um, un- people who are not married. Um, so, so basically, it's a very diverse... Um, we call it a like a, a crock pot, basically. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, everybody um, is able to do it. Um, and basically, what you're doing is you're opening your home up to a child who could have come into care for various reasons. Um, It's not always about neglect. It could be a single parent who has gone into hospital and there is no immediate family to look after the child. Uh, It could be that there's been a bereavement in the family. So there are different categories categories (laughs) of why children come into care. So, I mean, when you say a child, this is somebody under the age of 18, isn't it? Yes. That's right. So, Lee... Define what fostering is. I mean, Dawn's explained a bit about the organisation, but, you know, we hear... What's the difference between fostering and adoption? That's one thing. Um, well, there's different things. Dawn will explain more. So there's uh, adoption, SGO... What's long, that? Like, long-term... So, S- SGO. SGO. An SGO is a special guardianship order. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, um, within adoption and fostering, adoption is where the child is basically legally... Uh, signed um, over to yourselves as the the legal parent. Um, There is no further... to anything to do with the local authority after that the, the, the parent, you are the sole parent for that child and, and you are responsible for that child. Um, obviously with fostering um, the local authority have 51% of parental responsibility for the child and the parents reta- the birth parents retain 49%. Um, so that means that the local authority have got control over the future of that child and any decisions that are made for that child. Um, for fostering, you um, have an allowance for the child, obviously, to care for the child, but you also have a fee for yourself um, for, obviously... Um, your time and your, you know, mm. looking after the child. So basically, you can give up your a job to to be full time care for for the young person. So the difference is with adoption, the child is yours. There's no fee. Um, there's no other involvement with any of the local authorities. But with fostering, you you get a fee, but you also have um, the help and input from the local authority. Can a single person foster? Yes, definitely, most definitely. Good, That's because a lot of people choose to live on their own, but if, yep. they, if they're mm-hmm. in a situation where they can foster, then that's something for them to consider as well. So what describe the kind of people that, become, that you're looking for to become good foster carers? Anybody. It's, it's such a broad um, variety of people. First of all, you need to have a spare um, 
room, a spare bedroom. You need to be able to um, basically go through the criteria that you have to undertake to become a foster carer. And I, I'm not going to lie, it, it is very intense. It is intense. I, I know that from yes. my friend and his wife's experiences. So. It is very intense. However, it's a necessary evil because you are being, children are being placed in your care. So you have got to be vetted to make sure that you are um, basically capable of, of, of looking after that child. Um, so obviously it, that just put people off and it, it is it's very invasive it but goes, it has to be because you've got be. to protect the child it has to be you know. and if you can get past that initial because uh, as human beings we're private people aren't we we don't want people prying into our lives and some people have been divorced you know some people have had partnerships that have um not ended very well they don't want those people to be contacted again um and what we're trying to get out there is that under certain circumstances, you don't, the local authority will not have to get in touch with, um, for argument's sake, if you divorce through domestic violence mm -hmm. or they won't have to get in touch with your partner for that. Right. They, can, they can go around it in other avenues. Because if you think about it, the matter doesn't concern the ex-partner, it mm. concerns the individual that's making the application, surely. But they have to also make sure that there's no allegations or anything in your past um, with regards to uh, your previous partners uh, it, it is it's very it's very intrusive however the rewards outweigh don't they just yeah, yeah. And, the, and as you say you don't just sort of say oh there's the child off you go there is a load of training that the individuals get first aid and, and, and all sorts of mm -hmm. things and safeguarding and such yeah. like uh, but also you don't just leave them when, once a child has, has been placed you know you you look you that you constantly review um you know the child and the foster carers as well don't you we are we definitely we, we have ongoing um training uh, we have mandatory training that has to be done every three years. Um, we have a um, supervising social worker, which is allocated to the foster carers. Uh, the child or young person will have their own social worker. Um, so our supervising social worker is there for us. She's on the end, or he's on the end of the telephone if we have any issues, um, any if we need any help. Um, and the child's social worker is there to obviously advocate for the child. Um, so we've got support groups that are run by carers, which is something that Lee and I are really passionate about. Yep. It's something that Dudley has really taken under their wing and has let us run with it. Because as carers, it can be very lonely at times. Mm. So to make sure that obviously everybody feels as though they've got somebody they can talk to, um, we have a support group which meets every third Thursday at um, Gornal Methodist Church. And I also run a, a support group once a month, uh, the first Thursday in the month for therapeutic parenting, because that's something that Dudley is basically promoting. Uh, that form of fostering therapeutic parenting with regards to um, understanding more so about attachment and trauma in children's lives as to h why they act the way they do what obviously because of what that's being quite through. a key thing really because as you say once a child is placed somewhere um, you know, the foster carer may be unaware of that child's prior upbringing and, you know, the mental uh, scars that it leaves with them so, you know, yeah. to, to have that understanding um, mm -hmm. 
and exposure to that, I suppose, is key because they can support the child then, can't they? Well, that there is that, but um, it's also that there's a whole list of professionals that are there to help as well. It's not you're given a child and get on with it. it it doesn't work like no. that. Um, so there's a lot of other professionals going on behind the scenes uh, with regards to education, health, um, obviously um, family time. It, the you know there there are just there are all there's all manner of stuff, isn't mm, there? Yeah, yeah, there is. There is. Lee, talk me through the process then in becoming a foster carer. So, for example, if I suddenly thought, you know, I've got the time. Uh, I want to do this. What should be my first step? Okay, so I'd go into like the fostering um, like website, which is fosteringindudley.org.uk. You can hear like real s- stories of real like foster carers. So I done um, a video on on there. My mother-in-law's done a, a video on there. So that just explains a little bit about like the si- you know our situation, why we decided to become um, foster carers. So you're actually seeing and hearing real stories. Um, Stories. You can mm. learn about different types of like fostering. You know, some you know carers might only want to do like rest, like respite. They might have like a full a full time job, but um, have free time in the holidays. So there's different forms of like fostering. You don't have to do it like full like full time every day. And then just the initial um, like call. So there's a form on on like, the website. You fill out the form, and then the social worker will just come around and have just that initial talk. Um, you can come to like support support groups if anyone's you know interested. As Dawn said, it's run by real um, you know carers. So if there's any like questions that anyone has, they can obviously just come and ask ask us. But the best thing to do is to go on the website, fill out the form, and and start and start the conversation. So how long does the process take from that initial application to a child being placed? I mean, for for us, it took about a year, a year, I guess. It was quite intense every week. You know, we'd have a a social work around for like a few hours. So, I mean, it was quite a long, lengthy process but i think they are trying to simplify it aren't they now yeah i think it's now it's with if as long as there aren't any um complications with regards to backgrounds etc i think it's normally between six and eight months now um that you know you can qualify good okay uh, so it takes that a, a, a amount of time but if somebody sits there and think oh well I, I don't know i don't know whether i'd be any good at this or not what would you say to them <laughs> we all have our doubts when we come into fostering, sometimes you know before you you know you make the initial inquiry, will I be any good at this? If you can love a child, if you can give a keep a child safe, if you can nurture a child, if you can promote and advocate for a child, and if you can just basically give a child a loving home, that's all. That's what it is. That's that's what being a foster carer is all about. Okay. Now, Dawn, you've explained about your role um, within fostering. Lee, tell me what you do. So I'm like um, <clears throat> a foster carer. Um, I've got three siblings. Um, I'm a same-sex relationship, so me and my husband like, look, off, look after them. And when we first, even when we first started, you know, we didn't even know if we would be able to foster because being like same, same like sex. So it's really, it was an eye-opener an for us that, you know, just because we're same-sex, you know, we, we can foster so it doesn't matter if you're same sex or you know single married divorced you know fostering is like for you Mm. yeah it is it's something that's very very inclusive isn't it it? is now you talked a little bit earlier on about the fact that you know once a child is placed you don't just go there's the child bye then um how does the ongoing support work I mean, I think for us, like the <clears throat> biggest thing that we have is each other as, as as carers, because you are going through a unique 
thing you know you might see um things that you know you haven't ever like experienced before so it's really nice just to have that friendship and those relationships with other carers because there will be other carers that have experienced you know, things that you things that you have mm. so i think that's probably one of our biggest selling points is having each having each other but also, also we have got the support of like the social workers and the fostering service there is a network of support available out there it's just asking for it but how do you man- measure the effectiveness and the success of the carers in the sense that you know do social workers make you know um appointed visits oh, yeah. um and you know what are they looking for i mean you know if let's say i, <coughs> I let's say i go through the process and i'm successful and let's say I, I agree to have two children okay and that's fine and all everything's going all right am i going to have social workers knocking at my door all the time a child social worker it's their duty to make sure that that child is looked after and is safe and happy. So in, initially, um, they probably get a monthly visit from the social worker. Um, but if the child is then placed with you permanently, that means up until the young person is 18, that's what they call permanency, then the actual um, visits slacken off to about once every three months because the child is happy. You know, if you're fulfilling all the child's needs, um, you're coping yourself um, and the child doesn't really need to have the interference of a social worker every month coming to see them. So um, the child, if it's an older child, normally has the social worker's telephone number. So if they have got any issues that they can't speak to the foster care about, they can get in touch with the social worker. Um, and us, our supervising social workers come to see us once every month. Um, but they're on, like I've said before, they're on the end of the phone. Um, and it's their job to make sure that we are doing doing our job you know looking after the child and also looking after our own health because it's all encompassing fostering sometimes so you have to like sometimes take a little step back and and just give yourself you know a, a bit of a breather so what happens for example if there's a relationship breakdown within the family and uh where there are children involved is it possible to foster uh, children from within your family yeah that's called kinship Right. Um, so basically, we have some fantastic kinship carers, um, grandmas, um, sisters, cousins. Um, so basically, if um, a child is coming off, the, the family is coming into care. What happens is, if there is a suitable kinship carer available, it's it's better for the child to stay with the family if it's if it's appropriate, um, and that's what. Uh, we've got, I mean, we've got some, like I've said before, some fantastic kinship carers, but you've also got connected persons carers, which could be a friend of the family. It could be um, a friend of their son um, that could put themselves forward as well. And so it, there's, there's, all, it's, it, there's all different branches to fostering. Mm. You, there's also the um, mother and baby. Sometimes you have young mums who basically need help in showing them how to be a mother. Um, And that could be because of their age or it could be because of a um, disability. Uh, You've got SGOs, which we spoke about, special guardianship order. That's That's the next one down from adoption. So basically, that means that the child has been with you. It's deemed that the placement is permanent and that means the local authority can can back off but you will still get a fee for looking after the child 
Um, then so you, how long does it take before you can apply for a special guardianship order? It, it all depends on, on the actual relationship you have with the child. Um, you know, if a child has been placed with you on a permanent say, that means that you've gone back to panel and the panel has agreed that it is a really good match, the child is doing really well, the child's happy with you, you're happy, everything's going okay, um, then you can look towards getting a special guardianship order and if you do get a special guardianship order you then lose the um the well it's the help from the local authority mm. basically you're you are then in charge of that child and, and you make the actual decisions for that child then you've like Lee said you've got respite carers who just want to do it on a weekend or can ask for during school holidays mm-hmm. um uh, what else is that? That's it, isn't it? Yeah. That's about it. What happens then, let's look at worst case scenario, Let, let's say it doesn't work out or the carer isn't happy or the child isn't happy, what happens then? <sighs> Placement breakdowns do happen. It's How often would you say? <sighs> I, I couldn't give you a figure on that. I mean, they do not very often because normally what happens is the local authority are very careful with matching carers to children. But unfortunately, sometimes things do break down. Um, And if that happens, then then the child is then placed with another carer. Um, however, if it's if it's a breakdown because of behaviour, the child could be placed out of county. Basically, mm. if it needs to be, the child needs to be kept safe. It could be placed further further away. Okay, that makes sense. Now, the whole point of, of looking at this is that there is a shortage of foster carers, not only here in Dudley Borough and doubtless in Sandwell as well, yeah. but across the UK as a whole. Why do you think there is a shortage? I think probably the biggest thing is that people don't know that they can do it like i think like the criteria as dawn said is you need to be 18 and a spare room and apart from that you know i think and no <laughs> no no murdering nor oh. <laughs> no no I mean, again as you said you know pe- people's backgrounds are, mm-hmm. are heavily scrutinized yeah. i mean a long time ago i used to be a special constable and sometimes i had to go into children's homes not in the black country elsewhere um and you see these youngsters there they're there because nobody loves them and nobody wants them breaks your heart doesn't it just it does yeah it does and you think well why can't you what's stopping an individual who's got that spare room that you say and the time uh, and and a big enough property in order to, to foster somebody why don't you do it you know take that child out of that children's home but also, a lot of people, perhaps in their uh, um, in their teens, may have um, a criminal record for fighting. Let's let's face it: most, you know, not most teens, but some teens have got criminal records because they've had a, a fight in a pub, or they've, and they think that that could put them off fostering. Well, no, actually, because that was when you were a teenager. You're now in your thirties or forties. You've never been in in, you know, you haven't broken the law since. So. It's all looked at differently. Just because you've got a criminal record, it doesn't mean that you can't foster. Obviously, depending on the what the criminal record mm. is. But yeah, the stuff in in your past when you were when you were younger, um, if you've proven that you've managed to sort yourself out and you've you've stayed on the straight and narrow, there's n- there's nothing stopping you trying to apply. 
Lee, what do you like about fostering the most then? I mean, it is incredibly tough, but it's really a lot rewarding. In what way is it well. tough? I mean, I think because you go in, you go into it, and you're you you know you're you are left in somewhat on your own to deal with some of the behaviours without the support. And then, you know, it's really, like, rewarding because you get to see them, like, flourish at school. You know, they do, you know, they do, like, so well at school and stuff. It's just a really, like, like, rewarding job. What age group are the child or children that that are living with you and your husband? So I have a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 11-year-old. Right. So. And they all get on well? As siblings do. As siblings do, yeah. As siblings do, yeah. yeah, yeah. I suppose so. They they do. What about you, Dawn? Um we've just uh, got one young man with us who we absolutely love with us for permanency um, he's 13 terrible teens <laughs> you go through the terrible twos and then you have the terrible teens um, but he's doing fantastic at school he makes us so proud um, and it you just it just melts your heart it mm. really does um, <clears throat> we've got carers that have been loved for Dudley working for Dudley for nearly 30 years We've got some carers 25 years, some carers 16 years. Um, I've been uh, working for Dudley now for seven years. Um, so it, it is a career. We are professionals. In the past, I think we were looked upon as being more like child minders. You know, we didn't have an opinion. But that's down to the, that was down to the ignorance of yeah. society. And to an extent, I think local authorities <coughs> not really, um, you know being you know sort of fulfilling what what's required if you like so now because obviously there's legislation behind this as well you've got the children and families act haven't you but also uh, as you say it's a job and it's a career but it's a lifestyle as well and you have to do it properly you owe it to that child or children yeah definitely and the good thing about it is as well dudley are fully on board yeah they are absolutely fully on board with the carers wanting to get the best out of us they're listening if you know if they can change anything that's physically possible they will um and i I think that was lacking previously and i think that's what's put a lot of people off fostering Mm. um a lot of people have say you haven't got the support you left to get on with it yourself Uh, all that's changing Mm. all that's changing i mean you say it's changing it's not there yet then it's it's Nothing's ever going to be 100% perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say that. However, what has changed is that we are listened to now. We are treated as professionals. Uh, Our opinion is listened to. Um, We've set up the Dudley Foster Carers Voice Association. Lee's the chairman of it. Um, We have got a direct link now to management. So if any of our foster carers have got any issues, we can then, you know, basically advocate on their behalf for them if they don't want to do it themselves now you're currently recruiting foster carers where can we find out more information then okay so we have got um a support group on the 15th of june mm-hmm. gordon Methodist church then on the 23rd of this month we're at the under fives fun day at himley on the 25th of this month we're at the armed forces day at himley mm-hmm. um at the 29th of this month we're at pride in dudley at dudley town hall Mm-hmm. Um, of the 1st of next month, we're at Howzo in Carnival. And then on the 16th of next month, we're at Musicon in Himley. Lovely. Um, and what website can we go to for more? Um, so there's two lot websites, mm-hmm. fosteringindudley.org.uk fostering or Dudley Foster Carers Voice Association. 
Okay, so fosteringindudley.org.uk and Dudley Foster Carers Voice Association dot co dot UK. Lee Sultan and Dawn Campbell from Fostering in Dudley, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 7pm. If you love our podcast, then please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne, produced by Andy Caddick.